0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jennifer George, and I'm joining you this afternoon with a special guest. His name is Farouk Bello, and he's a physiotherapist in the UK, as well as a health activist and the creator of Rooks Health. We're going to chat all things health, communication, growth and development in healthcare. So grab your drink of choice and join us. Hi Farouk. Hey Jennifer. How's it going?
1: That's going good. It's going good so far. Uh, busy day, but you know, as always, yeah complain.
0: Thanks for joining me. It's uh, 1 p.m. my time, and I know it's 6 p.m. UK time.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. Yes, I just figured out the times was something I always had to do. I was having to look at Google, like, what time is it there where she is, just to make sure.
0: <laughs> <laughs> me too. <laughs> I always Google it. Um, so, you just came home from work. You were just yeah, at I'm work
1: go. Yeah, I work, uh, to This This week is a Saturday, Sunday working. So, 10 days ten days straight uh, working. Luckily, yeah. I like my job, so it doesn't seem, it's not, it's not as overbearing as it would be if, if you didn't like your job, to be honest.
0: Yeah, especially if you're working that stretch, right? So tell us a little more about yourself, Farouk, before we get more into your work.
1: Uh, so uh, my name is Farouk Bello. I am a physiotherapist by nature. I just qualified no longer ago. I qualified about four months ago, um, four months ago, four or five months ago. And I'm originally from Nigeria. Uh, I was raised in Nigeria, Lagos. Uh, I was born and bred there and I came over to England for university and this pre-university like foundation and uh, been here about five years now. So now just carrying on to work here. Nice. I come from a family of uh, medical, my dad's a doctor and my sixth, my sister is a doctor. She's also just qualified and my mom runs the hospital. So yeah, it's a family of doctors and medical people, hence the physiotherapist.
0: Right. It just kind of was a part of your destiny.
1: Yes, <laughs> it was. It was. They, my destiny was was medicine to be a doctor, but uh, I had other plans.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, well, what, what brought you into physio then? What opened your mind up to that?
1: Uh, the reason I actually came into physio was uh, initially I was going on the path of being a doctor, you know, because my dad was a doctor, I, I grew up around the hospital, uh, not in the hospital, but around the hospital, if you get know what I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. being around going, following to work a lot of the time, and I was always so interested in the medical field, but there question then became because um, i like sports also i like basketball i i wanted to try and play basketball i wanted to see how far basketball could take me but then you with medicine you know medicine's a full-time thing you can't be doing other things it's like one or nothing and uh we had a physio at the, at the hospital um, where my dad works, and she got, kind of got me interested. She was like, Oh, they do sports and physio, and I was like, Oh, really? This is a profession. And then she introduced me to all the things physio could do. And I thought to myself, You know, physio seems like a good, happy ground where I could, if I can't play basketball, I can at least really be around athletes, I can at least really help out. It's and it's a second uh, second medium. But then I really started to get into physio, and I just really enjoyed it once, once i saw the options and the possibilities of everything you could do with physiotherapy and I was, it was kind of almost limitless for me and i was like you could be almost in any 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 area of expertise and there'll still be a physiotherapist there and i just kind of you know fell in love with it and sports is still on my mind and once i realized that uh, i don't really have any chance of going to the mba <laughs> i was like you know let me stick let me stick to this i'm what i'm good at as a physiotherapist and that's how i kind of came into being a physio
0: that's awesome. And maintaining that connection with sport, I think, is so cool. Um, it's so interesting because I find a lot of physios that I know, they, their aspiration initially was to go into med school. And some go back around and, and go into med school. But then I think we don't know enough about physio and how vast it is and how, uh, how such of a, a cool profession it is and dynamic it is until you're in it. Like until you're, you're, you're in the schooling and you see all the opportunities that are there. So good for you. Well, I'm glad you're part of our profession. <laughs> <laughs> glad
1: I answer, glad I answer.
0: Uh One of the things I, I saw on your profile, Farouk, was, at, you know, through Rook's Health, your podcast and your, your movement here, um, one of the things you do is debunk misinformation. Can you tell us a little more about that? I think that's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, so I started Rooks Health uh, mid, in the middle of uh, the coronavirus pandemic. So while we were in lockdown here, uh, I started losing my started losing my head a bit. And I'm a person who always keeps active. If you, When I was in university, you would see me. Either I could have classes in the morning from 9 a.m., but I'll be playing basketball from 7 to 9. I always kept myself active. So being uh, in lockdown and with not having too many things to do, I had a dissertation to do, but I still wanted to do more. So I decided to start the podcast. and the reason I focused on, you know, debunking health myths and I didn't want to make it too heavy physiotherapy specific, meaning I would only talk to physiotherapists and I would only talk about physiotherapy. And I, because I recognize that, you know, the good amount of population, a lot of people, um, there's a lot of myths and misinformation that still spreads because as internet as builds up and uh, the world of, you know, media builds up, it's very easy to spread things that are just wrong or not enough evidence behind it or things that are flat out, you know, harmful to people so in my head I thought to myself you know what it took a bit of what's it called you know know how do you go about this or are you qualified enough or you do you feel like you're the right person to talk about this but once you once I got past uh, that because naturally I can you probably realize it after we talk for a while is like, I can talk uh, <laughs> on almost a lot of different topics, even though it's not specifically health uh, physio, because I have that interest in, you know, I have interest in nutrition, I have an interest in psychology, these type of things just about the human body and physiology generally interest me. So it was a no brainer for me. And I just said, let me pick on, you know, trying to fight some of the things that are, you know, commonly spread that easily that I because I grew up in Nigeria. So it, it, particularly there it's it's actually it's quite bad sometimes you know for example having an ankle sprain maybe that's uh freshly playing basketball or football and you sprain your ankle I remember I'll never forget when I was growing up playing basketball a friend of mine he sprained his ankle and the next thing people were like oh get some heat and rub it and press it and hold it and I was like oh. <laughs> uh, that would have that would have been normal you know because that's what some people think and that's the right. type of thing that is carried on it's like almost traditional type health myths that just carried on and I thought you know what even if I could just try a little bit to fight some of these things, educate at least my family, at least my friends, mm-hmm. it was a good start. And then I just really got into podcasting and got into really audio editing, video editing, and it just really, you know, now, I, now I'm now i doing it as much as I can and I enjoy it most of the time, you know, podcasting. I get to meet loads of people that are interesting, hence why I'm here like yourself, you know. <laughs> I also found a good network tool to just meet people around the world. You're in Canada, I'm in England, you know. But then we made made a connection right there already. And that's how I met other people through my podcast.
0: Right. That's amazing. I got to say, like, at this stage in your practice, it's like all of it's coming together for you. And now you're just building. And I love how your interest is not so physio specific. And you're just all about global health in a way. And, um, you know, just helping people where you can. Right. And it doesn't have to be just in the confines of a room, um, you know, under the payment of an employer or whatever it is, right? Like you can, you can do that beyond that, right? So I appreciate you for doing that. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, So like during this expansion, I guess you can say of yourself and of your practice, and I say the word practice loosely, because I think it's, it's a practice of many (laughs) things, not just physio. Have you... Even through your schooling up until this point, have you had to overcome a lot of stress, profound stress to get here?
1: Um, Yeah, so I've, uh, stress has come in multiple ways. I'll give one example first. One was while I was in uni, I had a placement that was just hard. It was just, it was ridiculously hard and it was stressful. But, you know, going in there every day was a challenge for me because I always thought it was also, it was multiple things, you know, it was a bit of a team. I didn't really, I wasn't really jealous with the team. I felt like I was being picked on. I was, I didn't really have a good experience over, overall that whole um, placement. But at the end of the day, I realized that I had to, you know, I had to take something out of this placement. I had to still get, get it done. And that's one, one of the quotes I love. Almost to hear excuses. You have to just figure out a way and get it done and during that period it was very tough and I had to just you know figure out. it was a very stressful period and I had my coping mechanisms one of my biggest ones is it's pretty similar to what a lot of people use is exercise you know I, I play basketball as I said when I'm playing basketball and when I'm gymming, everything else forget about everything else because I can just focus on one thing and when I finish it really helps me relax naturally and that's one way I was able to do it. and even now as I just started you know I'm in community rehab uh, community rehab as community therapy so coming out of uni as a first placement almost everyone could acknowledge this is a very hard thing because you're independent working you're alone working you really only get i rarely see other people unless you know you have to see with the patient or i called if i need a bit of advice but most of the time you're working alone and you have to make decisions by yourself so it can get it was initially through those first few weeks i was like oh this is actually a bit stressful, you know, because I'm fresh out, you're doubting yourself, you're questioning whatever you're doing. And it was just fighting through that and then realizing, getting more natural and saying, you know what, maybe you do." I trust myself, you know, because I have gotten this far. That's what I always tell myself, I've gotten this far means I must know something. Yeah,
0: exactly. Yeah, exactly.
1: there are loads of systems that would not allow me to get this far if I didn't know what I was doing. So it was almost-
0: Yeah, <laughs> building myself. that belief in yourself
1: exactly is exactly building the ability to say you know i'm a physiotherapist and i'm qualified so what i know in my head must mean something and i putting it in practice was a whole different thing but then as it goes along sometimes you start building that confidence because coming from a student a student you always have an educator you always have someone who is there you know you really never feel like you know you can mess up and especially as you know in a healthcare profession like us where we have the direct impact on people's lives I always say my mom always used to tell me that after like after god the next people are doctors and <laughs> because of the fact that we save lives my mom always said that she had to be in high quality but I do understand what she meant and I always think if you're in healthcare you know I can change someone's quality of life so I had to stop believing in myself a lot more to because people were relying on me and that's how I kind of put it in my head but naturally it started to sometimes building that confidence naturally comes. Sometimes you have to realize and you know reflect and then it comes out of you.
0: Yeah, I love that. I love that because the purpose of all, all of it really is your own growth through it. Right. And that is how you evolve as a practitioner and as a human being. And I'm so glad you said that because one of the things I try to do as a preceptor whether I'm working with a senior level student or a junior level student, meaning like first or last placement before they practice is I try to give them as much independence as possible. Um, I try not to focus so much on the, on the book stuff and focus more on just their own reflection, their own sense of being in practice and building up their own way of practicing. Right. Cause it's really easy as a preceptor to put your own biases on your student, okay. right? <laughs> but it's a whole other thing to watch your student come into their own, and I think that's one of the things that I love about um, educating and, and precepting the student. Absolutely. Yeah, so it's I'm great sure to sure see you on that. That. yeah. Yeah. I'm sure
1: you found that you also called in healthcare in different the different school of thoughts and people think differently. And the only way you can really develop yourself is if you come to these conclusions by yourself. You know, not being imposed in there, because then you start having conflict in your mind. And you start thinking, you know, maybe I don't really agree so much with this style, and you agree with this, and then but someone else is forcing it. But it's naturally, as you said, growth by your own independence.
0: Yes, absolutely, and um, yeah, we can get so hooked on like fulfilling other people's expectations or trying to fit in depending on the workplace, depending on, you know, whether you're a student and you need to pass this placement, right? Like you so easy to conform. And then when you do that, it just becomes harder, I think, to find yourself. So if you can meet one person along the way, whether it's a preceptor or colleague, you know, your mom, right? Like whoever it is along the way (laughs) that can inspire that in you. I think that, that you're, you're very blessed and lucky. So that's awesome. Um, One of the things is uh, that I really like too is like you just your quest for growth, obviously, like we just talked about. Now, when it comes to interpersonal communication with patients, because I think this is the fact that you're growing all the time in the background of your patient care interactions is huge. And I think that's where that's what makes a good interaction to a great interaction, basically, like that's the leap right there. Can you tell me kind of how, how you, you know, through your practice right now, you've realized the importance of bringing yourself to your patient care interactions?
1: Yeah. So uh, I like, I really like that question because um, one thing uh, I think has shaped me personally and the way, and it's very important to know that everyone, the way people communicate, is always different. And it always uh, depends on your background, where you've come from, how you've develop yourself personally and i always take back to my african heritage and my roots in nigeria because i was raised um, in lagos nigeria and talking to people the way i would talk in nigeria is not the same way i would talk to people in england you know Mm -hmm. i I was raised in a hospital i was raised around the hospital the same way i used to talk to uh, patients and my dad's patients or uh, my uh, physio's patient when I used to shadow it's not the same way I would talk to people here just because of the different circumstances but using those experiences I was able to as I come here the way I speak to people here and the communication skills I realize is as we've said before it's one of the most important things as a practitioner or as a person in general so we don't even always have to be in healthcare just the way people talk to each other is remarkably important because you may be saying something. I know this is always—it's not even a hot take or anything. It's a normal thing that always people always say. The way you talk to someone, the way you think you're saying, and the way they're getting it may be two different things. And the question then you need to ask yourself is, who is the problem? You can ask. You can look at the way. You can look at it that way and say, who is the problem? Where's is the issue coming from? Where well, you can look at it and say, how do you solve that? Or so how do you improve and tailor your communication skills and, as you said, interpersonal communication skills with different people you're talking to, because. If you use the same mannerism or the same you know, either nonverbal communication or even verbal communication, talking to the same different people, using one type, you're not going to get very far because you're going to have issues either with you know, someone, you're going to say something in one way and the other person is going to think, oh, I didn't really like the way you said that. And it's always one thing as, I, as we come back to it, being in health, it's if you put yourself in that person's shoe, or you put your family member in that person's shoe, how would you want them to be talked to? How would you want them to, you know, have to be communicated with? Because uh, I, one thing I was working in the community, I have strongly realized is that, you know, some people, uh, especially in COVID now, they haven't seen a doctor. They haven't been able to see a doctor in months because of, you know, it's changing circumstances. So it's only telephone consultation. So me just being there and talking to them, is almost like, please, I need your help so much because, you know, I, I haven't had a professional health professional see me and talk to me in, in so much while. So they are pouring out their problems to you and you need to be there to be able to assure them. And that's one thing I always find, even if there's nothing else, you, even if sometimes because you have to recognize that there's nothing you can do sometimes, you have to know when, it's, when your own practice ends and what to do next. But the way you communicate that level of uh, talking and say to, to them, it's like, this person has really come and helped me. I don't know if I'm waffling, but it's a, it's a very interesting thing. And the communication skills is, for me is a very important thing. I think it probably will trump because you can be the best practitioner. You can, be, you can know exactly what you're doing. You can do everything. But if you can't talk to them in a way that they're going to receive it in a nice way or in an effective way, you're almost wasting your time. And that's, I think, one of the skills people have to build on first before you start working, worrying about other things. Because as I said, you're dealing with people, you know, we're not dealing with, you know, computers, you're not dealing with algorithms, you're not dealing mm-hmm. with uh it, maths, you're dealing with actual human beings who think predictably and unpredictably at the same time. So how do you tailor that? <laughs> so right.
0: There's so much there that you said. Um, and some of it did bleep out a little because I think because of the connection, but the gist of what I've got there was that empathy. It, what you're saying, like Seeing that person as potentially a loved one or yourself one day needing care um, in their shoes in a way that is really like once you make that connection of empathy, which is the ability to try to understand where someone's coming from and the emotion behind what they're experiencing, then and only then can you actually be compassionate, right? We can't put really like compassion before empathy. You've got to have that gateway into it first. And when you talk compassionate care now, which is what you're saying there, um now we're talking that holistic aspect, right? Now we're yeah. seeing the patient as a whole being and we can be clear-minded enough in that moment to offer that to them and whatever they need. And like you said, it can be unpredictable, right? You don't know which way it's gonna go. And and we have to be adaptable, you know, that's the I think one of the biggest things as healthcare providers, like you said, if we go into every interaction, Um, Like, almost like we would with a a technical skill competency, which is doing the same thing, (laughs) right? Like icing an inflamed joint, let's say. Like, you know what I mean? If you go into that with your communication, you might, yeah, you might find that things, yeah, it just doesn't go, it might not go your way just because it might be what you think you know. And I think that's why it's so important to bring the humanistic aspect to healthcare and bring it back <laughs> maybe you,
1: you said two things that i always that i like to i pride myself on and try and develop it's holistic and adaptable meaning don't just look at this person as what their ailment is or what their issue is you need to look as a circle of biopsychosocial model but we won't get into that right but that's what i try and do you know <laughs> it's holistic that's why i like holistic health and the second is adaptable situations change people change you know how do you How are you going to be able to adapt it and figure it out and get it done in the best way while still looking at holistically at the bridge? right,
0: and I think even that um like you were talking that telemedicine type consultation and communication is is also super important right now to get that across through the medium of technology, like you know that compassion, that empathy, and getting that across. If anything, it probably will improve that skill. Um, and that intention as time goes on. Really cool, Farouk. Like, I, I just, I know we can talk about this all day. <laughs> um, but tell me, like, what is your advice then? Because, you know, not a lot of practitioners at this stage, I got to say, um, and I, I commend you again, just they don't have that, that gray thinking, you know, that lifelong um, quest for growth. A lot of people at this stage in their practice where you're at are very black and white and worried about what they know and what they don't know. And they don't trust their, their deeper intuition and instincts and their human connection with, with another person. So what is your advice now for healthcare professionals that maybe have just graduated like yourself going into practice now? Uh, What is your advice so that they can get through that doubt that they might have sometimes?
1: Yeah um, for, for people who are just coming out of practice, especially, you know, for myself, you know, doubt, doubt is completely normal. It's completely, uh, fine. It's okay to, you know, occasionally be worried. And that's how we, I think the moment we stop questioning ourselves is the moment you probably stop learning. Cause if you stop questioning everything you do, even have that little bubble that says, what if,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what if, what about this? The moment you lose that, I think, um, it's, it's it's not very it's not a very good trait to lose in the sense because as a as when you're coming out you're gonna be worried about can you put all the theory you've learned in university can you put all the practice while you've had shadowing you know being on placements can you now do that by yourself when because uh, the reality is people, sometimes people think that you know depending on where you work when you come out of, of university sometimes you may have. Very fully supported, you know, maybe an award inpatient. And, you know, you may not be doing things, but sometimes you might be like myself, where you have the loan working. So it's as a back to it is adapting to whatever situation you're thrown at. And it's completely normal for, I think now I've come to realize it's completely normal during that initial phase of transitioning from, you know, being theory to fully now qualified, meaning people are looking at you as no longer a student physiotherapist or a student nurse. They're looking at you as just a physiotherapist, like, you have that level of responsibility and it's okay to feel overwhelmed occasionally, but it's how you then, you know, get out from under it and don't let it burden you because the moment it starts to burden you, it keep pulling you down. You're not going to allow yourself to grow. And sometimes I think we worry too much. Do I know everything? Can I treat everything? That's, I don't think that's the way to go about it. It's obviously I want to develop my clinical skills because I try and do CPD as much as I can, you know, learning from Twitter, learning from Instagram, learning from the books, but it's not being too bogged down because you're gonna to have to realize occasionally you don't know everything. Right. I can imagine even yourself, as no matter how long you practice, you cannot know everything about yeah. everything. A doctor cannot answer every single question about every single illness in the world unless that person is something else, but that's no no one, as I said, no one is perfection. And right. once you acclimatize yourself to it and say, you know what, it's okay, I don't know this. How am I gonna learn it? Or how am I gonna develop? That's when you really start growing. And it's not, as you said, it's not always about black or white. It's not always, can you do this or can you not do this? It's always that middle portion of how you're going to connect those two together, how you're going to then develop your personal growth, both, as you said, clinical skills and interpersonal skills, communication, and letting the patients know that you are there to help and you're going to do it the best you can because you. More than you can. That's it. Sounds almost like a uh, <laughs> it sounds like a ridiculous statement. You can never do more than you can. But
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, well, then you know right now, I guess, right? But um, and, and not to be so hard on yourself, right? Uh, one of the things that I found have been really pivotal for me when I made that switch. I mean, I didn't make it as early as you have, <laughs> but when I, when I made that switch was when I started letting my patients guide me more. When I, when I humbled myself enough to learn more from my patients, because as much knowledge as I have, you still have to learn about the story and the person in front of you to see if that knowledge, like you said, matches this situation or could be adapted to yeah. the, the patient's needs at that time and their goals. Uh, incredible, Farouk. So what is your unique gift? I can name a few based off what you're telling me, but what is <laughs> your, what do you feel is your unique gift right now to your patients, your practice?
1: Um well not to even sound what well, not to sound what's to call boasty or anything, but one thing I like to value myself is and I and I keep trying to let this in my practice is, you know, letting the patient talk, you know, let the person talk. And it's not only just they don't only, I don't just let people talk. Like I saw someone today and I didn't just let her talk just about her pain. She had the the sciatic pain. She talked around her background. And I think understanding someone's background, you know, ethnicity, where they come from, how they perceive different things is very important. I think that's one thing I've been trying to, I like to keep as my unique selling point because that allows that holistic uh, approach. Because if you don't know about someone's so psycho, what's their psychological state obviously we're not getting into the deep psychological but just a basic <laughs> understanding of their psyche as well as what's that little social background how are they living what's it called how, what's their family situation like you can really start to understand a few things about maybe even most of the time it's actually relating to the the problem they're facing at the time because i always say this and this is one thing i always um you know, in my practice now, whenever I see a patient, I see a lot of people who have falls mm-hmm. a good amount of time, a lot of elderly patients who have falls and maybe they've come out. So I need to assess. And I'll give a quick example. I had someone who had, was repeatedly falling and she had developed back pain from this fall. And in my head, you know, I, standard physiotherapy approach would be, you know, go treat that back pain first, you know, address the back pain immediately and but then I thought to myself, you know, I have to address the back pain 100%. But why are we having the falls? What's happening around that? Because you can keep treating the symptom, but you haven't actually addressed the, I don't know the word, right word to use, but the reason behind it. Right. Because no matter what you do with the back, with the back issue now, the person's going to have another mm-hmm. fall again. Are you going to be back to square one? Are you literally at this point putting out fires? Just keep on putting out fires. Why not just stop the fire as a whole? Right. from ever happening in the first place. And that's right. one thing, obviously that's one example, that's the mindset I always go with. And uh, with every patient in every scenario, is there a reason behind what's happening to them now? And can I stop that reason? Is it within my power? If it's not within my power, you have to know who else, whose power is, is it within? That's there, another big one. Where, yeah. do you, where do you stop, where do you take over?
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So not only do you get to the root like I should say the, the greater goal maybe of the patient to not fall again, right? Like that's ultimately the goal. But the referral might have been for back pain from a fall, right? Like it's it's so interesting how how that plays out. And it's up to us to kind of really understand what all that really means with our patient's guidance, right, and help. And um, yeah, I don't know. I just think that's super incredible. I could talk more and more about this, but I, I'm going to let you go shortly. So where can people learn more about you and connect with you and listen to your podcast?
1: Uh, so I have uh, my Rooks Health Podcasts, which you can listen to on pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, Apple Podcasts, you know, Spotify and well, anywhere on Stitcher. And also you can also follow me on at Rooks Health uh, on Instagram and Twitter. So I always update that there. And I try and do, you know, little tidbits from my podcast. episodes, so it's just something you can listen to and grab. So it'd be well worth to give that a follow and, you know, keep up whenever I drop a new podcast, I try and drop not as much as you, which I am very <laughs> impressed, but I'm going to start doing a lot more uh, as I, I was listening to one of your podcasts as I was driving to work this morning. Now oh, I, was like, I like, I like, I like this style of it, you know, just talking and, you know, having that informal chat with, uh, with your audience. And that's what I'm going to start doing a lot more of. So make sure yeah, to check I- that out.
0: Yeah, I feel like people would really like to hear from you a little bit more. (laughs) I can say that. (laughs) Thanks a lot, Jennifer. (laughs) Yeah, thanks a lot for you for joining us and, yeah, just sharing your spirit with us and your purpose for practicing. I appreciate it.
1: No worries. Anytime, Jennifer, anytime.
0: Take care. support.